0: This is WMPG 90.9, Southern Maine Community Radio from USM. In the Pocket, a talk show that showcases Mainers who are people of color. Each episode represents a member of the Maine community from art, culture, and business, the earth, wind, and fire of life. Embracing and exploring the Black diaspora and descendants of American slavery through conversation is the foundational concept of In The Pocket. The overall mission of In The Pocket is to create conversational space for all people of color that is documented and celebrated through sharing of life experiences. You are listening to In The Pocket with your host, Flo Edwards, and our guest today is Sandra Thomas. She is a founding board member of Indigo Arts Alliance, She is also a media and community consultant, and she is a wine enthusiast. Um, Please introduce yourself.
1: So I'm Sandra Thomas, and I am a lot of different things, but I would say right now, the main thing I'm focusing on is my writing. And I have been a perennial nonprofit board member and board leader. And right now I serve on Indigo Arts Alliance, which is based in Portland, Maine. I am the secretary of the board as well as the chair of the governance committee. I live in Brooklyn and I have been to Maine many times because I'm originally from Boston. So I'm a New Englander and I left Boston in 1980, however, so I'm really a New Yorker now, I guess, but I spend a lot of time going back and forth and have great friends in Maine. What I do during the day, for the most part, I've retired from from 30 years, 34 years altogether of working in media. The last 17 of that was in community affairs, running community affairs. And now because I'm a perennial nonprofit board member and leader, I am coaching. I do a lot of coaching and coaching executives and specifically nonprofit leaders who often need a lot of support. So that's a big part of what I do. Wow
0: such a mouthful thank you for sharing yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you
1: know when you say. when you
0: have that many years of experience so over 30 years you've been doing um media as well as community affairs correct yeah
1: yeah i mean i was in media for 34 years but you know i've done i've been involved in community work since i was a kid i mean my first volunteer job i was like seven
0: <laughs> wow
1: seriously well, what was it for I volunteered to work at my brother's daycare, he was two and I was seven, and I wanted to work there. I wanted to te- I mean, I think I ultimately just wanted to teach, so I asked, you know, it was a long time ago, so in those days, you know, my mother said, go up to the teacher and ask her. So I went to my brother's school, I walked to his school, and I said, I want to help, I want to watch the kids. So I've been doing that kind of work, really, since the beginning.
0: Well, that's fabulous. Mm-hmm. So. You grew up in Boston. And when did you start coming to Maine?
1: You know, I can't remember my first trip there. It had to be probably when I was in high school. At some point I went to Maine. But then I met, and actually I met in New York, a woman who it turned out, she was living in New York. She and I were born in the same hospital in Boston. And she was from Maine. She was from a small town called Buckfield, Maine. And it just so happens that Patrick Dempsey's from the same town. And so we became really good friends, playing basketball in New York. She left New York after a couple of years, but we have remained friends for over 25 years. So she invited me up to Maine back when there was a hurricane, Hurricane Bob. And we were up in Maine together. And from then on, I started going to Maine. And then my friends ended up starting an organization in Maine. And so I've spent a lot of time in Portland over the past at least 15 years
0: fabulous so you were one of the kind of founding members of indigo arts alliance but definitely one of the first board members the first secretary
1: absolutely absolutely our board, i mean our organization is only uh, a couple of years old and this is the first we're part of the founding board so yeah you know these are our friends who lived lived in new york and they moved to portland Fifteen plus years ago, and we—they uh, started Indigo, and they said we really think you and your wife should be on our board because we both have a lot of nonprofit experience, and I have community community affairs experience. So, yeah, it's been great. It's right. been fantastic. And speaking so of, it gives me an excuse to come to Maine.
0: <laughs> oh yes, and there's so much like great touristy things to do. Uh, I know you're a lover of wine and food. Um, are there some places that you like to attend here? Or patron you? Know, here? I,
1: I, you know, there is a reason why Maine is called Vacation Land. okay? Maine is, in fact, we spent a week there in 2008. We rented a house on the lake, a, a group of us, 15 of us. And it is, there is, you can go to so many different places in Maine and have a great time. So, I mean, Portland is special because I have friends who are like family there. And they have, there's so many amazing places to eat. I couldn't even name them all. I know there's a great ice cream place there that I like. Um, but you know, I haven't even explored as much of the food that I would like to there. Uh, I've been to different parts. I've been to Belfast, I've been to Blue Hill and Brooklyn. I friends that live in Brooklyn. You know, so I've I've spent a lot of time there, and I haven't explored wine so much. I mean, Maine isn't really known for its wine, necessarily. Great beer, great beer, and of course there's the the lobster, which I order from Maine every Valentine's Day. Oh, that's and so have sweet. It To New York every mm-hmm. Valentine's Day, it's a tradition. We order we order lobster and have it sent from Maine. It has to come from Maine.
0: So tasty! Such a good yeah, choice. It's
1: the best. It's yeah. the best. It's the uh,
0: best. So speaking of, I'm glad you like beer. So what are some of your favorite breweries that you've been to?
1: I've had wine. I've had, I'm sorry, I've had beer from Allagash is one of them. And I just, it's interesting. I just bought some Black is Beautiful wine. I mean, beer. See, I say wine because I'm such a wine drinker. But I love love beer, mainly porter beer. Um, So I've been exploring that. So I just bought some beer that is from, I think, Allagash. It's, um, Black is Beautiful is the title of the beer, is the name of the beer. Uh, and so I I don't really, I'm not really an IPA person. I'm more like stout and porter. That's what I enjoy. I go from one extreme to the other. I actually like Allagash, like white beer, and then I like the dark beer.
0: I like the Allegash Black. I don't know if you've had that. Not the black is beautiful, but the Allegash Black, yeah.
1: I think I've had it. I think I've had it. It's pretty good. Sometimes you know, it's some of, some of this darker beer is too sweet. I think they they overload it with sugar. Um, but you know, you got to explore. So I explore. I experience. I, I try different different beers.
0: Yeah. The Allagash yeah. Black is definitely not too sweet. It's not heavy in the lactose. Okay. Very good.
1: I'd have, I'd have to try it. Yeah, I'd have to try it. There's another beer that my friend turned me on to. Um, I can't remember the name of it right now, but I know it's um, it's also from Maine. There's a lot of great brewing companies in Maine, so that's that's really exciting. Now, if they get wine there, you know, real good wine, then, then I don't know. I may end up moving there. But, um, because I am I am a wine nerd, I collect wine, and I love to drink wine. So, and explore different wine.
0: How long have you been collecting wine?
1: Let's see, uh, about oh, 15 years. Um, I explored, I first did, the first wine tasting I did actually was on Long Island. And I went to a wine tasting in the North Fork of Long Island. And I just, I was drinking wine, but not really understanding it. And now I really understand it and, and spend a lot of time studying it and trying different wine from all over the world. I'm not particular. Some people are really into Italian wine. Some people are really into French wine. I tend to like wine from all over the world and I'm willing to explore and experience different things. So I, I, I travel to different places to, 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 to check out wine.
0: So as a wine novice, um, what is like the foundation? Like if you can give a, a phrase or two about what drinking wine that experience should be how would you sum that up
1: you know you know one of the questions people say is is it good or is it bad or is it does it have to be expensive not expensive there's no such thing as good or bad necessarily I mean there's probably some wine that is bad but it really comes down to what you like what everybody's palate is different and what your palate appreciates you know some people do not care for white wine. It's just either too sweet or just, or maybe it's too citrusy. I like white wine if it's complex. I happen to prefer red wine, but I also really like orange wines, which are wines that have had their, their skin kept on it. So that it's, um, it really gives, it's sort of a, a white wine, but it's a little, almost in between uh, red and white. But I think it's really what your palate enjoys. So I always suggest exploring different regions. So we're, we're, we're in the United States, so people tend to go gravitate towards California, Oregon. Um, but there's some cool wines out there in Idaho. I just got a bunch of wine from Idaho, believe it or not. I mean, I know you think of them as potatoes, and maybe we could think of them as vodka. Um, but certainly, there's some good wine there. But just try different things to see what your palate enjoys. And it's okay if you don't like it. If, if, if everybody says French wine is great and you don't care for it, that's really okay. It's really okay. <laughs>
0: It's so true okay
1: there's other places in the world and i would also say my experience is that one of the best places is um like argentina or, or spain has great wine that's usually very drinkable
0: nice uh, i know you said you like orange wine too and then you say idaho shortly thereafter i know idaho doesn't really have that many orange wines or, or do they
1: not necessarily i actually got wine from idaho because i decided this year that i'm going to try to primarily buy wine from people of color BIPOC winemakers and women so there's a, a vineyard in idaho that is owned by a woman so i decided that's what i'm going to do i'm going to explore that that's that's my plan for this year it it keeps it fresh you know when you make these decisions i'm going to get wine from this place or i'm going to get only small vineyards or it just makes it exciting and then i get to you know my friends when we get together when we do get together again we will do some wine tastings which is always fun so i could share my knowledge of wine with them
0: nice um I did want to know, uh, I think Slovenia is known for, or Croatia area is known for their orange wines?
1: Yes, yes. that's right. That's right. Slovenia, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, you know, because
1: it's an, old, it's an old winemaking style that's becoming more popular. You know, back in the day, I mean, in the old world, people crushed grapes, and they didn't necessarily have all these fancy machines to take all the stems out and all that. They just made wine, right? They just made wine. And so it's just it's not for everyone. It is not for everyone.
0: I've had it's a funny. bottle and I thought it was tasty and uh um, yeah. and I and I got introduced to it cuz I had a, like a wine pairing with meals and I feel like oh, that's nice. a a great way to introduce yourself to a wine too. Like sometimes just doing the wine alone doesn't necessarily enlighten your palate like comparing right. it with a food or adding it to a food was kind of when a light bulb went off for me a little bit.
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's, that's a very good way to do it. I, well, I use any excuse to pair anything with food. So, I mean, you know I, you know, I like food and I like wine. I mean, so, you know, I always say I drink three things, really. Espresso, seltzer, or water, and wine. You know, that's, that's what I, I mean, I'll drink other things, but those are the things that, that I could survive with that.
0: That's a good like list.
1: That. So then you have food, then yeah, and then food. Just about, I'll just about eat anything.
0: What do you like to pair your wines with?
1: You know, what's fun is to pick a recipe or decide I'm going to cook something and think about the wine that might go with it. That's a big thing that I do. Uh, I'm not eating as much cheese anymore, so the do cheese and crackers thing, but certainly certain vegetables, seafood for sure. You know, I, I like to try different wines with seafood. People tend to gravitate toward white, but there are some reds that you can drink with salmon, for instance, that make it so tasty. Um, also, with I, I love Thai food. So, most people tend to drink beer with Thai food and Asian food because it's usually spicy and it's a little more, it's a little heavier. But I will find some wines that I think go well with uh, spicier food, like some Zinfandels, Rieslings, actually. So that are more fruit forward
0: you would pair those with the the asian foods
1: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah because sometimes you don't want a beer you want you want to have wine
0: yeah and you said that there's some reds that would go with seafood what kind of grapes
1: yeah you could drink a pinot pinot noir with with some seafood you know not full body you don't want to drink heavy body because what it is is you want to balance the whole point is to balance right so if you're eating something that tends to be heavier like a steak. You don't generally want to have a white, white wine with that just because it just doesn't pair as well. You want to have something that's going to either add fat or acid or take away from it. So I, I think that you can sh- drink any kind of wine with any kind of food, but you've got you've to play with it a little bit. And there's so many different regions, you know, and there's so many different grapes. So you know, it's fun. I'm exploring and learning along the way. I love it and i love sharing that information with people
0: yeah um i also like to buy like on a budget too and but i also want to like if i'm giving a gift i want to keep it under 15 bucks but still impress somebody is there a decent wine that does that or maybe it doesn't exist
1: wait so under 15 dollars that can impress somebody
0: yes Somebody yes. You do not
1: have to spend a lot of money on wine to get good wine. That's part of the the, the other the other thing. You can buy wine under fifteen dollars and get a great bottle. Like I said before, if I were if I were going to buy a wine that I'm almost guaranteed someone would enjoy, no matter what or who they are, especially unless they're like a real connoisseur. And even then, I would go for like a Malbec. I think those want that is almost a sure bet that's going to be a good wine. It's gonna taste good, and that you can get that for under fifteen dollars easily. You know, something like that. Um, And of course, the vintage, you know, the year, it plays a role in it, but you can still buy wine that's young and 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 tasty.
0: And would you stay in the area of like focus on a Spain wine or Argentinian? Because you said that those were
1: either way. I think either way. I just I have found that that's where. Uh, it, it has been pretty consistent it's been consistent so you know but it's a, all exploration and you may buy it from one wine winemaker and a different winemaker and it may taste totally different but the odds are my experience is that it's going to be pretty good enjoyable see I said good but I didn't really mean good I meant enjoyable ah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It is yeah. about the enjoyment. Yes. I
1: am. I am definitely not a wine snob. I'm more of a wine nerd, and so I am not going to get mad at wine if it's. I don't care for it. Doesn't mean it's not good. It means somebody else maybe will like it.
0: <laughs> I love the distinction with like nerd or uh, snob, and so yeah, yeah. Well, very
1: different. Very different. You know, I did a wine tasting last week. Now, I belong to a wine club in California, and it's mo- mainly sommeliers, and they uh, do different wines, and I learned something new. So that's important. So if as long as I continue to learn, I don't consider myself a snob.
0: Got it. Um, and I feel like if you're a snob, hopefully you can still keep learning. I mean, because you like to drink wine, so. right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I don't stick my nose up to to wines. I just won't drink them. <laughs> No, seriously, if I go to, if I go out to dinner, I'm not, for a couple of reasons, one, I'm not going to waste the calories, if I go out to a dinner or something, to a restaurant, and I don't see anything I care for on the menu, I don't need to get one, I can get a cocktail, or I can get a beer, you know, so if, or I drink nothing, but I'm not going to waste the calories drinking something I don't like, right, that's what, that's where I am now, and I'm not being a snob, I'm just saying, it's, that doesn't taste, it's the same with food, right, you're not going to eat something you don't care for, um, so the, you can find something you like. I, you know, I could eat a, I could eat a bag of popcorn and be very satisfied.
0: <laughs> popcorn is very tasty. I like the, the black is. corns. Have you tried the black corns?
1: Black corn, blue corn, red corn. I, I eat, I'm, a, I'm a popcorn. Now there I can be a little snobbish. I haven't <laughs> seen I'm blue honestly. corn.
0: I'm going to look for that
1: oh yeah mexico it comes from mexico or amish you can buy it from the amish as well
0: okay good yeah i like to have a little more protein or fiber wherever i can so that's how i got into the black horn
1: all right yeah that sounds cool i love
0: it with the with the wine i I love that topic and being a nerd and still learning is there a, a phrase to describe certain things so that you just sound like you know what you're talking about like, instead of saying something sweet, you can say it's fruit forward. Is there like another term we can sure. learn? Sure,
1: or are there are a lot of tannins in this wine. All
0: right, so when you say there's a lot of tannins, that means it's bitter?
1: It's not so much bitter, it's, oh, how do you describe tannins? It's, uh, I, I, it's, it's really hard to describe tannins. It's not that it's bitter, it's, it's that it's really uh, a strong, bold flavor that you, you experience. It's an experience. It's not even that you taste. We can just say, you know. You know, usually when wine has a lot of tannins, you're not guzzling it down. Probably get heartburn. You know, you you, you have to really sip wine. That's really, we always say we're drinking wine, but we really should be sipping it. And so tannins just, it's, it's kind of fortified. It's hard for me to describe. Is there- you know, That's,
0: go ahead. Is there a grape or a wine, Type variety that is like usually tannins heavy.
1: tend to tend to be around the burgundies or um, you know cabs can be certain cabernet sauvignons can be quite tannic. Okay. you know you know the bolder it is usually you, you could you could experience them. More. okay. yeah.
0: All right, so if i, I was... don't
1: necessarily prefer that which is interesting because i do like orange wine which sometimes can give that uh, similar sensibility you know because orange wines tend to taste more like natural wines or wines without too much um, process and so it's like drinking wine back in the days in the old country like i said you know wine is processed and people don't think about that but it is
0: it sure is. People think about, like, grapes being stomped on, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it.
1: They are. They're, they may be stomped or crushed, but they're going through some machine, some process to keep them, um, what's the word, keep them, you know, fresh and lasting on a shelf. Preservatives, maybe? I don't want to say that, but yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> a little. Um, uh-huh. What was the thing that you learned in your, your wine class or your wine <laughs> the, tasting? The,
1: what I learned is that, you, that a lot of real wine drinkers or collectors or sommeliers, they really don't believe in saving a lot of wine. You know, you'll hear, should I hold this wine? It's a 2019 wine. Should I hold it till 2029? Will it be better in 2029 than it is in 2021? And so I have wine that I'm holding because there, there are hold dates that sometimes they they put on the bottling or or if you look it up they'll they'll say hold this wine it's better to hold the wine it'll be better you know cuz wine gets better with age i mean that is true however what they're saying is you want to get wine on the way up and not on the way down so if you got a bottle of wine that's that was that was um, produced in 2020 that was bottled in 2020 instead of holding it until 2030 maybe you drink it in 20 what would be in between there 2025 Right? Because you're getting it all the way up. Or 2024, and not wait till 2028. So that's something I learned. So that means I can just drink more wine.
0: Yeah, you don't need to don't collect to it. It as much.
1: I don't have to hold it now. Right. I don't have to hold it. So, anyway. Yeah. That's oh. what I learned. I always learning.
0: Yeah. I guess I didn't know people held wines uh, for a certain oh, amount yeah. of time. Yeah. That's new.
1: Did yeah. you ever see Sideways? The movie Sideways?
0: Ooh, I don't think so.
1: If you're a novice, I highly recommend it. Um, It is, it's a film about a guy who right now is, his last name's gonna escape me, so I'm not gonna name the actor. Oh, Paul Giamatti, Paul Giamatti. He is, it's all about his relationship, uh, but also his his love of wine. And he and his friend go to Napa or Sonoma, I can't remember. But he has a bottle of wine that he is saving it's from, like, night, a long time ago, early 1900s, maybe. or I don't remember when it is. And it's all about him holding on to this wine till a very special occasion. But, oh, yeah, people, there's wine out there that's from 19, I don't know, 20s, 30s, 40s. The people wait. They're waiting. They let it age. And, and hopefully it'll taste good and not like vinegar.
0: Fingers <laughs> crossed.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. So you got to take care of the bottles. You got to, you know, put them in a fridge and or put them in a cellar and keep them cool at a certain temperature. Yeah. Did they so have to be- anyway, that's my love of wine. I love wine. You know, I love food. I love Maine. I'm doing spoken word. You asked me about that earlier. and That, that came about sort of similar to you in your, in your show. Sort of as a result of uh, George Floyd's murder that um, inspired me to to do something I've always done, which is right. But... Um, Matter of fact, one of the things I like to write are food reviews and, and, mm-hmm. and for restaurants, but I decided to take a different turn and start writing about my thoughts about this time and what's going on right now. You know? Right. And, uh, and that led me to, to actually speaking a lot of my poetry, which I had not planned to do, but that's what I'm doing. It's exciting, I'm having a good time.
0: Yeah, so where are you performing your spoken word?
1: I have not, pref- I, I've done one um, spoken word, invitational event, but I have not, because of COVID, I haven't gone out anywhere and I haven't done anything, I haven't been asked to do anything since that, and that was back in the fall. Uh, so I just post a lot of things on Instagram. I'm writing a lot and um, whatever I'm inspired by, I write. And I'm in a writing group, so I'm working on some of my, my, my spoken word and my poetry that way. So we'll see what we'll see what the summer brings.
0: Nice. Yeah. I'm new with this.
1: This is a new. I'm a, I'm a novice. me. I'm a novice with this.
0: With the spoken word. Nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's fun.
0: Um. Great. I think. Um. I would love to if you wanted to talk a little bit about your consultation business.
1: Sure. So as I mentioned, you know, I worked for a long time at a uh, television station in New York. And I spent some time, but most of what I did in that role as a community affairs director was work with nonprofit organizations all over the tri-state area and creating partnerships and relationships. But I also am a perennial board member. So when I retired from the corporate sector, I decided to put a lot of my energy into working with executive directors as well as, mainly nonprofit leaders, but some corporate leaders as well. I've had conversations with, um, you know, so I, uh, I really thought it would make sense for me to go back and, uh, offer coaching because I've, I've done some coaching and I've done a lot of mentoring to talk to people about that. So that's what I do. You know, I coach executives and leaders about how to work with their employees and how to grow. So, Awesome. Great. Great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And I'm actually on a board myself and I'm always trying to figure out how to be a better board member. Um, any words of advice?
1: You know, everybody's going to figure out what they can contribute to the organization. That's That's how I feel about it. You have to look at what you feel you can contribute and make an effort to do that. I also feel that when you get to the point where you feel you have too much to do, in other words, you know, your life changes. So you're on the board for a year and you're really into the work, you're doing the work. And then a year later, you, your life changes for some reason. I think it's so important to be honest with your leader, your executive director and say, you know what? My, my I don't have the time that I had a year ago when I committed to this. So I need to pull back or whatever. I just think transparency and communication is essential. You know, yeah, that's that's my advice. Don't But don't bite off more than you can chew.
0: <laughs> Perfect I'm advice. I'm
1: Because you know what happens? People get on boards and they have all the good intentions of the world, but they have to remember it's a volunteer role. And sometimes they get on boards and they make this commitment, but they don't really um, help, you know, or they don't really do the work. And so I think it's important for you to know what your bandwidth is and to commit to what you can commit to and be honest and transparent. That's really my feeling about it.
0: Honesty, transparency. got to love it. Yeah. 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 So, um, Miss Thomas, uh, Sandra, wait, did I say it right? You got it right. You got it right, Sandra. There
1: you go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Sandra, thank you so much. I feel like you gave me some great information. Uh, What's the plug? How can people reach you?
1: Listen, I love to get some love on Instagram as I grow my... Uh, spoken word following just for fun uh also a lot of what i'm sharing i think are real life real talk issues and so people can find me at sp thomas 126 on instagram if anybody's looking for coaching uh they can find me at coach spt at gmail and shoot me i i love to coach especially young people who are like so i do work with executive directors and leaders but I also do a lot of mentoring coaching young people. Uh so that's the, that's my consulting work so people can check me out there too. Thank you. And of course, of course people need to go to Indigo Arts Alliance to check out Indigo Arts Alliance cuz that's all the rage in Maine.
0: Thank you for listening to In the Pocket with your host Flo Edwards and our guest today Sandra Thomas. You are listening to WMPG 90.9, Southern Maine Community Radio.